I'm five years old and it's the first day of kindergarten and about two tenths of a mile or 0.32 kilometers from my friends across the pond is my school. And I'm standing at the back door and I reach for the handle and my mom, who is standing at the stove, says, wait, don't you want me to walk you to school? To which I reply, I know where it is. And I turn the knob and I walk out the door and walk to school. And from what I can remember and from what my mom has told me, it was kind of like a, duh, mom. We were just there this week and I know where my room is. It's the first one on the left, Mrs. Greenwald. And the beauty of that story is that kids, in many cases, have no fear. Adults, on the other hand, have extra buckets of fear lying around. We're worried about the consequences. Can I break my podcast? Let's talk about it. Hit it, ladies. The School of Podcasting with Dave Jackson. Podcasting Sense 2005. I am your award-winning Hall of Fame podcast coach, Dave Jackson, thanking you so much for tuning in. This is a show where I help you massage your message. I help you tackle the technology, face your fears, and flatten that learning curve and get you going in the right direction with your podcast. My website is schoolofpodcasting.com. Use the coupon code LISTENER. That's L-I-S-T-E-N-E-R when you sign up for either a monthly or yearly subscription. And if you're new to the show, I recently mentioned how I sent out a an email to my email list, which you can find that at schoolofpodcasting.com slash newsletter. And I basically said, hey, I want to talk to you because, well, there are a couple of things. I'm going to do a little bit of a revamp on the School of Podcasting, and I want to make sure I was still doing what I wanted it to do. I'll, I'll give you an example. I don't just want to give people a place to learn how to podcast. I want to be the ultimate location on the internet to learn how to podcast. And here's the difference between a good gift and a great gift. Uh, when I was younger, right, when you're young, you will give your parents gifts that they might need. I remember once I bought my mom a new vacuum cleaner. How very male of me, right? And, you know, and I would buy her stuff, but I never really, I don't think I ever bought her what she wanted until I was in my 20s and a bit more mature. And I bought my mom. Now, I, when I was young, I had black hair, like black hair. And so did my mom. And so she always looked good in black. And so I found this white dress with some black trim and it just screamed, wow, that would look great on mom. And so I bought her that for her birthday. And when she opened it up, she actually started to cry. And I was like, okay, did I, did I do something wrong? Is it the wrong size or something like that? But the reason was my mom, when I grew up, we were kind of poor and well, not kind of, we were. And so as a parent, you can probably identify you, you are the last person to get what you want. You sacrifice everything for your kids. And over the years, you know, my mom was wearing hand-me-downs from her sister and all sorts of other stuff. So here it was, a not only a, a dress, but I'm pretty sure a dress that she would have picked out had she gone shopping. So that's what I'm looking for. Not that I want to make everyone cry that comes to the School of Podcasting, but I want them to be just like, holy cow. I remember once when I, the first time I went to guitar centers, I'm actually a guitar player. 
And uh, I walked into guitar centers. Now, if you've never been in one, they're about the size of a small Kmart, and it's just wall-to-wall guitars. And you just walk in, and you're like, oh, it's like amazing. So I want everyone to have that experience. And today we're talking about what holds people back from starting a podcast. And I also, a little later, I'm going to play a demo of if you've ever wondered, should I use Zoom or Squadcast or CleanFeed? And what I did is if you think about it, and we're going to kind of get geeky here, when you use Squadcast, which is what I recommend to record if you're doing any kind of interviews or remote recording, because it records your guests locally, meaning it goes from their microphone to their hard drive. It does not go across the internet. But when it gets to me, so I hear their microphone, it goes across the internet to me, and I record their track, just them, not me, on a thing called a Rodecaster Pro. Now, you might be using a Zoom PodTrack P4, and I wanted to figure out what does going across the internet do to that file? Do I really need to use Squadcast? So that's what we're going to be talking about here in just a bit. But I want to talk about how can I break my podcast? I work for a podcast media hosting company called Libsyn, and I answer support questions all day. And some of them It's kind of interesting because I see people somewhat obsessing over things that, in my opinion, they don't need to. Now, I totally get that. As I said at the beginning of the show, adults love to just – we like to manufacture fear, and that's partly because we've probably had some experience of things blowing up on our face, and we know we should be a little weary on what we should or shouldn't do where kids will just run in. So I'm going to talk about some of these and – Then we're going to talk about, you'll see here, where you don't really have a ton to worry about. So what happens if I pick a stupid name for my show? I decide to call it, you know, the Dave Jackson Power Hour. And later I'm like, ah, why don't I call it the Power Hour? It's only 18 minutes. Can I change it? Yes. I once had a dog and uh, for about a half a day, his name was Cubby. And then I was just like, eh, you know what? I'm not feeling Cubby. And I changed his name to Dudley. And he didn't seem to mind, and he adapted. And it's the same thing with a podcast. You can change your artwork. You can change your name. You can change your description. You can even change your files. We'll talk about that in a second. And within 24 hours, everything will be fine. And sometimes we freak out about that. For 24 hours, it's going to be wrong. It's going to be wrong. Okay, now, can you tell me what was in the news two weeks ago? I can't. Number one, I don't really watch the news a whole lot, but it's, you know, it's fleeting. Our attention span. It's not like somebody's going to go, hey, aren't you the guy that had that thing where the audio was too low? No. So don't worry about that. Uh, When I signed up for my media host, they gave me a link to my feed and there are no keywords in the URL. Am I doomed? So, for instance, with Podbean and Captivate and Libsyn gives you a thing called a slug which is a fun name. It's a slug. And really what it is, it's your Libsyn ID. And so again, somebody will come in, they're going to do the Dave Jackson power hour. And then later they decide to call it the, the Dave Jackson hot mess. And they go in and, Oh man, my slug, my, my little ID, my address still says power hour. And the great thing about this is your RSS feed. And if you're brand new to podcasting, your RSS feed is kind of like your station like your let's let's talk radio right like fm is like let's say 
that's what people tune into. They tune into your feed. And so my feed might be something like powerhour.libson.com slash RSS. And you're like, oh, yeah, but now it's the, the – it should be hotmess.libson.com. And you're like, no, no, no. And here's the thing. Your feed is only really used by apps. Humans ever rarely see that. Google does not show an RSS feed in search results unless you're doing something, some sort of advanced kind of search technique. Your RSS feed is not going to show up in your search. It's not going to affect your ranking and things like that. So it's really not that big a deal if for some reason you're looking at your RSS feed, no matter who your your host is, and you go, hey, that's got the wrong word in it. I had a typo in the address of my very first RSS feed, and nobody ever noticed it because people don't look at those. What if you say, yeah, but uh, I uploaded the wrong format. I see where I can create an M4A file with my phone, and I uploaded that, but it's not showing up in Spotify. And the reason is Spotify, which is odd because, well, they own Anchor, and Anchor makes M4A files, but Spotify, if you upload an M4A file on, say, Captivate or Libsyn or Blueberry or Buzzsprout, all that stuff, uh, yeah, they won't know what to do with an M4A file. So you can actually go into your media host and replace it with an MP3 file, and you guessed it, within 24 hours, everything will be fine. Now, going forward, the easiest thing to do is to just create an MP3 file. It is the most widely accepted format. I didn't say it was the best sounding format. I'm saying it's the most widely accepted format. And please remember, these are listened to through earbuds and car speakers. So that extra fidelity, probably really not that big of a deal. Speaking of things that we obsess over. So another one here, I started a podcast and then I had a family crisis and I had to stop for a month. Have I broken my podcast? You know, did I lose my audience? And if you have a device that records new episodes of your favorite show, so let's say, you know, back in the days of a VCR or if you're using Google and you've got, uh, you know, YouTube TV and you've got your library, if you've got Hulu, you've got their recording thing, right? You, you set these things up to record your favorite TV shows and all of a sudden the season is over and they're not going to be back for about another two months. Two months comes over. And a new show comes out, and that tool will go ahead and record your favorite TV show because, well, it's a new episode. It's the same thing with podcasting. If your audience is subscribed to your show, which is why I will say it over and over and over, it is all about the subscribers. Yes, and plus subscribers get your content faster. When people subscribe to your show, when you come out with a new episode, the people that are subscribed are going to get that new episode. There's no reason to come back and apologize and announce to the world, hey, I'm sorry I'm a month late. That's a really horrible way to start a podcast, by the way. If you must apologize, do it at the end of the show. But no, your your podcast is not doomed because, well, life happened. You can always do things like record a couple episodes and have them in the can so that when life does happen, well, you can kind of slide those in there. But again, you didn't break your podcast. You shouldn't quit, things of that nature. So... Now, here's another one. My podcast was removed from Spotify. Apparently, they won't let me use Whoopty by CJ as your theme music. And uh, that may seem a bit extreme when you have your show removed. But, uh, yeah, it's true. You can't play unlicensed music in your podcast, even for 10 seconds, even if you're not making money, even if, even if, yeah, you can't play unlicensed music. 
So the solution is you find some royalty-free or pod-safe music, you replace that in your files, and then you replace your files, and then you contact Spotify and go, hey, uh, sorry about that. Can you put my podcast back? And if you don't have whoopty in there by CJ, uh, yeah, they'll put you back. Just don't break the rules. How about this one? I went back and listened to my first episode, and oh, it's horrible. It's very quiet, and I have to turn my speakers all the way up just to hear it. All right, well, first of all, congrats. You actually did a recording. You're doing more than many people do. And you can run it through a system like Alphonic, or you can do this. You could just chalk it up to a practice session and re-record it at a higher level. You know, And in fact, speaking of the first episode, what if it, here's another one. They go, well, I recorded some stuff, and apparently I say and um a lot. Should I stop podcasting? No. We all have crutch words, you know, those words that we say a lot when we don't know what to say. My favorite one is and um, you know, and if I'm doing an interview, somebody, when they're done with their answer, I will go awesome because I don't know what to say. And now here's the beauty of podcasting. It's not live radio. And you can edit that out before you publish. Otherwise, if it was a drinking game and I left all the awesomes in, you all would be hammered. How about this one, though? Dave, you mentioned that it's not live. Well, my podcast is live. I live stream my podcast to Facebook and YouTube. And there was a mistake in the video, and now it's on YouTube and Facebook. Should I avoid being seen in public? Uh, no. Here's the cool thing. You can download that video, you can edit out the mistake, and you can re-upload it. Same thing for the audio. We've done that. We've all had the thing where you accidentally muted track two, and all of a sudden now there's 12 minutes of silence in the middle of your podcast. We've all done it. I Every time I do not listen to my episode before I upload it, and I'm here to tell you every time I go, ah, I just did it. I know it's fine, is when I open up my email and somebody goes, do you know there's like 15 minutes of silence in the middle of your podcast? So, And the only people who, if it's a video thing, the only people then who know about that mistake are the people that heard it live. And by tomorrow, they'll have completely forgot it. Here's another one. It looks like to podcast, you have to live stream your show. I'm not comfortable being on camera. Does that mean I can't podcast? No, there are many. I mean, like thousands, millions almost of podcasts that are audio only. This show is audio only. I don't do this as a video podcast. And unless your show has something to demonstrate, like cooking or you know woodworking or something like that, you can get away with being audio only. And the great thing is you can put that shower off one more day. <laughs> when I start my podcast, I thought I was going to use seasons, and I put in season numbers, and I published five episodes. Well, first of all, congrats on that. Now I've changed my mind. If I decide not to use seasons on season two, is that going to break my podcast? The answer, no. You can edit your past episodes and you can remove all the season ones. And you guessed it, in 24 hours or less, the changes will appear in your apps and nobody will know that at one point you had seasons in your podcast. It's erased from time. Here's a fun one. I bought a Blue Yeti. That's a microphone. And when I say the phrase Blue Yeti around some people, they throw up in their mouth just, just a little bit. Will anyone listen to my podcast? Well, while a lot of bad audio can be tied to the Blue Yeti, it's not the microphone's fault. It's an operator error. And 
first of all, you don't talk into the top of it, even though it looks like you should. And you want to make sure the setting on the back looks like there's a setting that looks like a little heart or a kidney. Take your pick. You want to switch it to that. Then get the microphone about a fist away from your mouth. Use a pop filter. That's like a little, looks like a little, like a pair. They used to stretch pantyhose over like a little circle. You know, it's a thing to, to stop your plosives from your, from wind getting into the microphone. And then you talk into the blue logo on the microphone. It's not my choice for a microphone. A better choice is the Samson Q2U or the Audio-Technica ATR2100. Uh, so it is easier to use those. But if you bought a Blue Yeti, you're not doomed. You just need to learn how to use the microphone. And that's going to start with getting it off the desk, getting some sort of stand for it, and getting it again about a fist away from your mouth. Here's another one. I submitted my show to Apple and Google and Spotify and Amazon, and I was approved. Well, congratulations. My trailer that I uploaded said I'm launching in March, but it's not going to be until April. Have I blown my launch? And a lot of people, I almost have to say the word like launch. It's my launch because they feel that launch is like the key to their podcast. And I say, look, if if the launch is the key to your podcast success, that's like saying having a big wedding is going to secure you have a successful marriage. And I'm here to tell you, man, once that wedding ceremony is on and it's over, you know, that's where the real work starts. In the same way, when you launch a podcast, the real work is just beginning now. So here's the thing. You can go in, re-record your trailer, maybe make it a generic one and say, hey, coming very soon to an app near you. It's the Dave Jackson Hot Mess Podcast. And then you just leave it up. And that would be your trailer. Now, for the record, that's a horrible trailer. Your trailer, you want it to make people think, oh, man, I wish this was right now. I want it now. That sounds exactly like what I want, and I can see how I'm going to benefit. I'm going to laugh, cry, think, groan, educate, or entertain. But, again, you just fix your file, you replace it, and in 24 hours, you're back to normal. And then somebody goes, wait, a trailer? I didn't launch with a trailer. Did I blow my launch? No. Being in apps like Apple, Google, Spotify, etc. I hate, am I allowed to say this out loud? It doesn't really bring you a lot of downloads. In fact, I have a show right now called Podcasting Resources. I started it back in December. And as I look at my stats, I have a whopping 49 downloads total. I'm averaging about four downloads an episode, four to 10. And I did that to test, like, how much traffic do you get by just being in all the different apps? And I'm in all the different apps. I haven't promoted it at all. And the other thing you have to keep in mind, it is a show about podcasting resources. It's not like it's how to lose weight, how to make money, how to be, you know, how to be a great relationship kind of person. It's podcasting resources. So just so you know, the again, the launch and, and don't get me wrong. You want your launch. You want to tell everybody you can, including your cousins, when you launch to go listen to your show and subscribe. Because, again, it's all about the subscribers here to tell you. So, no, you did not blow your launch because you didn't have a trailer. Here's a fun one. I had 10 episodes in my first season. I'm launching season two next week. Do I make season two? Should it be season two, episode one? Or season two, episode 11, because it's actually episode 11. And this is, to me, one of those where you're like, wow, you are obsessing 
over everything. So what you do, you try it one way, see how it looks. And if you don't like it, hey, you try it the other way and you guessed it in 24 hours, it will update in the apps. Your podcast is a recipe. It's not a statue. And there really is no wrong answer there. But the bottom line is it's not going to break your podcast. I've recorded a few episodes, but I haven't released them. You know, everybody else just records and publishes. Does that mean I'm a bad podcaster? No, it means you're practicing. And that is a good thing. Get some feedback on those episodes. And when you're ready, go public. But there's nothing wrong with not releasing stuff that's, well, not ready for the public yet. What if I find out that there's a better media host? Can I change hosts without losing my audience? Now we're getting into the fun stuff. If your current host supports redirects, and I'm going to try to do this without getting too geeky, and a redirect, technically a 301 redirect, but it's kind of like a change of address form. When somebody fires up their app and you've moved, the first thing it's going to do is look at your old host and your old host is going to go, hello, they moved over there, Roy. And so the app will follow over there. And then that app, the the new media host will go, hey, we're new. And the app will update in, in the background. This is all happening behind the scenes. And so the next time they fire up their favorite podcast app, it just goes to your new host. Now, Keep in mind, there is a chance you will lose a small percentage of your audience, but that small segment of your audience are the people that probably barely listen to podcasts. And it kind of depends on your media host as well, depending on if the redirect is there forever or not. However, and that makes it sound like, oh, so I should just move my media host. Mm, nah. If you don't have a deep understanding of the process of what he just talked about, putting in a redirect, adding the new feed tag in a new place, Find somebody who does, because this is one way that you can break your podcast. When you change from one media host to the other, when anything that involves your feed. So we talked about show information. We talked about episode information. We talked about media files. None of those will break your podcast. But if you jack around with your RSS feed, because again, that's like your frequency in radio, the whole 98.7, that can mess things up. So if you accidentally say, hey, redirect this to blah, 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 dot com slash RSS, and there's a typo in that, you kind of just broke your podcast and you, depending on how long you leave that in place, you may not get it back. Yeah. So again, when you deal with anything around your feed, that's when you can break your podcast. And that's when you might say, well, hey, Dave, I started off, I'm going to change my website and I'm moving to a new domain. And I'm using PowerPress. Now, PowerPress is a really cool plugin for WordPress. It's made by the people over at Blueberry, which is a podcast media hosting company. And in the process, because it's built on your website, your RSS feed, and again, that's kind of your 98.7 if you're a radio person kind of thing. If you change your domain, you change your feed. And again, how can you break your podcast? When you jack with your feed. So will this break your podcast? Well, possibly. Here's the key to that. If you're going to move from one domain to the other, you have to have them both public at the same time. Why? So that you can take your old website and say, hey, guess what? We moved over there. And then that new website can go, hi, we're new. And behind the scenes, all the podcast app, they get updated. So again, it's only when you really start messing with your feed and websites that things can get a little squirrely. Now, what if I do this, though? What if I start a podcast 
and then later I change my mind. Well, then you can move forward in life knowing that, well, I tried podcasting and you have a story to tell about the time when you tried to be a podcaster. I tried a podcast and I still haven't quite figured out if I'm going to kill it or not. And if you're new to the show, I have about 32, I think now episodes, podcasts, not episodes, podcast shows that I've tried uh, because I get all hot and bothered and like, oh, this will be fun. And then I do it and go, yeah. And my latest one was a show called New to Cooking because I wanted to start cooking. And I thought, you know what? I'll start a podcast and that will kind of give me motivation to cook. And it turns out uh, I hate cooking. I microwave everything I eat. There's not much to that. That's not a very entertaining podcast. Hey, this week I put this plastic bag in the microwave and cooked it for seven minutes. Wow. Yeah, I know. So that show's probably going to be dead. But I now know that, ah, you know what? Cooking isn't my thing, at least not right now. So if you start a podcast and it's, you know, you go, eh. there are a lot of people that found success, not with their first podcast. In some cases, that first podcast is kind of your training wheels. And then you go, oh, you know what I really want to talk about, though, is this. And then the true passion comes out and your show just keeps on going. Now, I'm going to talk about common podcast fears. But before we do that, I want to explain to you, if you're new to the show, what the School of Podcasting is. It is, yes, step-by-step tutorials. It's live group coaching. It's an awesome private Facebook group. But what does that really mean? It means that you don't have to worry about buying the wrong gear. It doesn't mean that you ever have to worry about sounding stupid because I'm going to show you how to find your audience and find out what they want. I'm going to help you find your voice. I'm going to help you get going in the right direction. And the beautiful thing about that, whether it's via the tutorials, whether it's via the live coaching, I often will, if you send me an email, I will answer with a video to show you exactly what to do. And if you want to sign up, go over to schoolofpodcasting.com slash join. Use the coupon code listener. And that's my way of saying thanks for listening to this show. You will see that the coupon code is not in the show notes. Only you get it because you're listening right now. So schoolofpodcasting.com slash join. Use the coupon code listener and join worry-free. If for some reason you start a podcast and you're like, ah, this isn't for me. If it's within that first 30 days, I will refund your money. Check it out again, schoolofpodcasting.com slash join. Use the coupon code listener. And again, I've got that remote recording shootout coming up just a second. Want to hit these common podcasting fears. Number one, I'll sound stupid. Well, no, you're not. Why? Because it's not live and you can edit out anything that doesn't sound brilliant. Number two, I will sound bad. Nope. Because you don't have to spend a million dollars to sound like a million dollars. And out in the show notes at schoolofpodcasting.com slash 764, I will have a link to my gear guide. And you will see that in many cases, you can spend less than the price of a new Xbox and sound great. Here's another common fear. Well, why should I start a podcast? Nobody's going to listen to me. And why this usually comes up is because the people you hang around with and you talk about your subject... They all know this, and that's why you're friends. You all share this common interest in this topic. And so you kind of feel like, well, everybody knows this stuff. The minute you step outside of your bubble, people are going to go like, how do you know all this stuff? That's amazing. And you don't think it's amazing because everybody you hang around with probably knows this 
as well. But people will listen to you. Another one is, I don't know, it seems like the podcasting space is crowded. Well, right now, for every one podcast, there's like 2,000 blogs. So where is it easier to be found? And if you think about it, every night, every single night, there are multiple stations upon stations that talk about the latest news. And yet, you know, why, why isn't there just one station? Because some people want a different point of view, a different slant, things like that. Every year, there are mountains of diet and weight loss books released. And at this point, only 27% of Americans listen to podcasts on a weekly basis. There is a lot of room for growth there. So if you're thinking of starting a podcast, I would love to help you. That's what I do. My background is in teaching. I taught a lot of uh, technology over the years. I worked in the corporate world, and now I work for a podcasting company, and I will help you get going in the right direction. So I wanted to see what's the difference when you record separate tracks on something like Squadcast or Zoom or Zencaster, and they record locally. And then I also have my guest voice go all the way across the internet, and I record it to my Rodecaster Pro or I record it to a Zoom PodTrack P4, but basically I have separate tracks. And so we did this with Zoom. We did this with CleanFeed. We did this with uh, Zencaster and Squadcast. And I'm just going to play this. There's no processing on this. This is with my buddy Mark Johansson from GarageGym411.com. And he's going to, what we did, and this is what I say, anytime you do any kind of testing, say what you're doing in the test so you can then figure out which one sounds the best. And I'm not going for like, which is Zoom better than this? I just went for, is there any real difference from something recorded locally on their computer versus the one that went over the internet and into my roadcaster where it was recorded, you know, separately? This is Mark Johansson with Dave Jackson on Zoom. This is Mark Johansson with Dave Jackson on Zoom on the Roadcaster Pro. This is Mark Johansson on Squadcast Original. This is Mark Johansson on Squadcast on the Roadcaster Pro. And if you noticed there, the internet had a little bit of a hiccup. So I had Mark do this again, just so we could, again, listen to the audio quality to see if there's anything that different. This is Mark Johansson with Dave Jackson on the Squadcast Original. This is Mark Johansson with Dave Jackson via Squadcast on the Roadcaster Pro. This is Mark Johansson with Dave Jackson on Zencaster. This is Mark Johansson with Dave Jackson on Zencaster with the Roadcaster Pro. This is Mark Johansson with Dave Jackson on CleanFeed Original. This is Mark Johansson with Dave Jackson on CleanFeed through the Roadcaster Pro. And if you're like me, aside from the Zoom one, I didn't really hear a huge amount of difference. Now, was there a difference? Yeah. Was it a huge difference? Mm. Was it listenable in both cases? Absolutely. The big one there is even if you're using, it doesn't matter if it's Squadcast, Zoom, Skype, when the internet has a hiccup, if you're just recording it on your roadcaster, on your Zoom pod track, on whatever it is you're recording, that little hiccup is going to go into the recording where if you're using something like Squadcast, even if they sound like Bugs Bunny on Poison and all this, you, you 
Yeah. Yeah. Because they recorded it locally, you won't have that in the recording. Now, if it happens in the recording, what do you do if you're not using something like Squadcast? And you go, hey, uh, Jim, if you could do that again, Susan, can you do that one more time? The internet went a little squirrely. Everybody knows that all of these apps have some sort of weird every now and then they thing. And you just redo the answer and you keep on going and hope it doesn't do it again. Now let's get our nerd on. We're going to talk about sample rate, and this is how many times your computer or your recorder takes a picture of the sound. And to kind of understand this, picture drawing a cartoon using a post-it note pad where you draw a little stick figure and then you lift up the post-it note. And on the second one, you he moves a little more, a little more. Well, if you had a really thick, it had 48 post-it notes, you could get a lot of different movements there because you have 48 post-it notes to go through. Now over here, you have a post-it note with only 32 post-it notes in the stack. You would have less clarity and less, it just wouldn't be as good a picture, right? The, the actual, if you made the little cartoon move, it might be a little jaggedy. It's still a lot because it's 32. It's not like it's 16 or eight, but one is 48, one is 32. So this is basically how many times the computer, the recorder takes a picture of your audio. The higher the number, in theory, the better the audio. And typically it is 44, uh, 44.1 thousand times a second. That's a lot. Is And they call that the sample rate. And Squadcast actually goes above that. They go 48,000 times per second when they take a picture of your audio. Zoom is 32 which is 33% less than Squadcast, which is why, if you go back and, well, let's just play that again. Here's the Zoom one. This is Mark Johansson with Dave Jackson on Zoom. This is Mark Johansson with Dave Jackson on the Squadcast original. Now, as I listen to that in a quiet room with headphones on, I go, yeah, that's definitely different. Not in a kind of like, holy cow kind of way. But there's definitely more upper end. Your S's and T's are clear, and it just kind of sounds a little fuzzy on Zoom. It is completely listenable. And then it just comes down to this. Can you afford the pricing of something like a Squadcast or a Zendesk? Squadcast is $20 a month. That's what I pay for five hours of recording. They do have the new video option as well. That is $40 a month. And if you want, you can go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash squadcast. But it, I wanted to see the difference. And there is a difference. It's not night and day difference. But if you're listening for it, you definitely hear the difference. And the question you have to ask yourself, is your audience listening to that difference? And also keep in mind that as we saw, if Bugs Bunny on Poison comes around, you've got to re-record that answer. And sometimes that can really kind of ruin the flow of your interview. And for me, I always like to have at least two things recording, whether that's, again, a Rodecaster, a PodTrack P4, and whatever software I'm using to record. And that could be StreamYard, it could be Squadcast, it could be Skype, whatever it is. And there is a free Skype recorder if you're still using Skype. Always have two things recording. But if you ever wondered, what's the difference between that? That's the difference. The wild card in the whole mix is your guest. If you're doing somebody, if it's not a co-host, if it's a guest, you never know what they're going to show up with unless you let them know ahead of time, hey, 
Be sure to join in Chrome. Be sure to be in the quietest room you can, preferably a room with carpet. Have headphones on and use the best microphone. If you planned on using the laptop microphone, see if you can plug in your earbuds because earbuds are better than the laptop microphone because it's so far away from their mouth. You also notice that clean feed had a lot of weird little light popping in it. I believe that was due to Mark does not use Chrome a lot. And so when he did that, his it was actually somewhat outdated. Clean Feed was like, you should probably upgrade to Chrome whatever, and Mark just kind of pushed through. So that may not be as bad as it actually sounded in this test. I know Adam Curry and John C. Dvorak use Clean Feed, and again, I think they're all – the reason I don't recommend Zendesk is I've had too many people that say they record separate tracks, and when you put them together, they don't line up. They may have solved that problem, but I just know I've never had that problem with Squadcast. So that's something to think about, but don't obsess over it. Again, the whole theme of this show is are we worried about things that we don't need to worry about? And if you're like, look, I I love my podcast. Things are kind of tight right now with COVID and money. I can't really afford another 20 bucks. Well, then don't. Just use Zoom or whatever you have for free. Get the best recording you can. Don't let technology be the reason that you're not podcasting. Because the more you do this, the more you do interviews, the better you get at them. And so if later you upgrade to something like a squad cast and you get separate tracks and things like that, then not only is it going to sound better, but you'll be a better interviewer because you have done all these different interviews. So just wanted to kind of answer that question. What's the difference between having a locally recorded on their computer track versus one that goes across the internet. And if you did listen to the Squadcast local versus Squadcast over the road, there is some compression and I guess the the geeky phrase would be some artifacts. You lose a little of the, the treble, the clearness and things like that when it goes over the internet. Ooh, now that's a good question. It is back. It's the question of the month. If you are new to the show, this is where you now have from now until March 26th to go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash question and answer this question. And this question actually came about from me doing interviews of my audience. And I got to give a shout out to Andrea from talkabouttalk.com. And during our conversation, this topic kind of came up. And that is, what do you wish you knew when you first started podcasting or what do you wish you knew a long time ago? If you go over to school slash question, and there'll be a link in the show notes here at school slash seven, six, four, because this is episode number 764. And I need that by March 26th. And I do need it in an audio format. I appreciate those that email me their answer, but I really, cause I want to give you some publicity as well. So when you answer this question, you could say, and I'll just do it for me. Hey, this is Dave Jackson from the school of podcasting where I help people plan, launch and grow their podcast at school What I wish I knew when I first started was, and then just go into it. And I, again, need that by March 26th. Thanks in advance for your answers. And again, if you're not podcasting, you're you're like, oh, I can't answer the question. Yeah, but you're going to benefit from the answers. Ooh, now that's a good question. Now, I want you to notice where I'm putting this segment. 
this is the thing at the very end because I'm going to talk about how the sausage is made. And I can't remember. I know I've talked about this on some other shows. I don't know that I've talked about it on this one. And that is I'm going to be moving the School of Podcasting to a new platform. I currently use Thinkific. To make a long story short, Thinkific, even though they say unlimited customers, they also charge you for the more customers you get, the more students, I guess we should say. And after looking at Teachable and Podio, Podia and Kajabi, at this point, I think I'm leaning towards Podia. Teachable is really cool. Kajabi is just, it's cool, but no, the, it, it doesn't, it's not cool enough to warrant the price that they do. And Padia is kind of Kajabi light in a way. So right now they're leading the pack. And so as we go forward in the future, you're going to hear me do some things where I am kind of focusing on monetization, focusing on communities, things of that nature. So if you wonder, hey, why is the show kind of steering in that direction? That's what's going on in my life. I'm also sniffing the idea of doing coaching calls on this show. Now, what do I mean by this? And this is something I've heard Natalie Ekdahl do, and that is where you bring on somebody to basically do a podcast coaching call, and it's free. And in return for you getting free coaching, I get to use your call on a podcast. Now, it might be this podcast. It might be your podcast consultant. Not really sure yet. And this is one of those things where we've kind of talked about this. It's your show. You can do whatever you want. And I'm thinking of giving this a shot. If you're interested in this, send me an email. You can just email Dave at schoolofpodcasting.com and put in your first name and then coaching call. And I will send you an application. Again, I'm just sniffing this idea right now and would love to um, see what happens because you don't know unless you try. Now, if you want to start your podcast, I would love to help you with that. I really, really do love helping, especially new people start. I love uh, older, more veteran podcasters grow their audience. That I love to do as well, especially when they go, ooh, I never thought of that. All you have to do is go out to schoolofpodcasting.com slash start. Use the coupon code LISTENER when you sign up for either a monthly or yearly subscription. And then I will see you on the inside. Thanks so much for listening. If you got value out of this, and apparently you did because you made it to the end, could you do me a favor? Go to your phone, click on that share button, and share it either on social or share it with a friend that you think might also appreciate the content. Until next week. Take care. God bless. Class is dismissed. I go to reach for the handle and my mom, who is standing at the stove in the kitchen, says, as opposed to the stove in the bathroom, I guess. I'm just going to play this. This is with my buddy Mark from Garage... Easy for me to say. Grazie.